Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Porter. And I'm Nadine Smith. And this is Canada Horse Podcast brought to you by Informed Equestrian. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. Here on Canada Horse Podcast, we are spotlighting the Canadian horse industry while serving our mission to help bridge the knowledge gap for horse owners by offering the whys behind the decisions we make for our horses from their tack to their trainers, to their vet care, and everything in between. Our listeners are encouraged to use the information offered here on the Canada Horse Podcast to make informed choices that suit their individual needs. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. Welcome back to episode number three of Canada Horse Podcast. Today, Nikki and I are going to recap what happened with us and our horses in 2020. And then we'll take a look forward into 2021 at our intentions, our goals, and our plans. We all know that 2020 was challenging in many ways, but we want to talk about what we learned from this last year, how our outlook going into 2021 is different, and share some ideas that we have about what we can do if things stay the same as they are going into spring and summer. We should also clarify for listeners that may not be familiar, we are in Nova Scotia, Canada, one of the four Atlantic provinces on the east coast of Canada. And since COVID started to become an issue last spring, our province took some of the most strict measures right off the bat. Um, So right now, people who enter our province have to self-isolate for 14 days. We have to wear masks at all indoor places and our group gatherings are limited. So that plays a big role in judges that can come in and out or what types of sporting events that we can have. And there was a period of time where we had an Atlantic bubble and people could travel between Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI and Newfoundland easier. Um, but that did end a couple months ago. So all this to say, if this were April or May, we would know for sure that our shows would not be happening. And at this point, we're still a little bit hopeful that the situation may improve enough for the restrictions to be eased by spring. Oh, absolutely. And it's been really interesting too, because you're further into Nova Scotia and I am an exit away from New Brunswick. So it's been really interesting having that Atlantic bubble popped because Mm -hmm. now it's changed our lifestyle pretty dramatically. We would actually spend our weekends going to Moncton, New Brunswick, or we would spend our Tuesday nights going for supper as a family. And I have both my sisters live 13 minutes away, but across the border. So it's definitely not only impacted our horse life and our horse community, but uh, the the strict restrictions (laughs) have impacted a lot of other things as well. Yeah, that's brutal. Like I can't imagine living just so close to the border, how challenging that is for you guys. It's definitely created a need to, uh, to change our ways just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So one of the great parts is that COVID numbers have been quite low compared to many other places. And we're obviously grateful for that. Uh, And the health and safety is the most important thing. But we know we're talking to fellow horse people and you guys know we'd be lying if we didn't admit that we've seen and love that meme going around that has like 
the fire going on in the background and the girl asking, <laughs> is there still going to be a horse show? <laughs> so uh, Nadine, do you want to start in on your 2020? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I'll back it up just a little bit um, just to give some context. I got my horse bow in the late spring of 2018 and we did go to a couple of shows that year just to kind of see what we had. And it turns out that we didn't have much and we weren't driving quite as a team at that point. Let's just say I don't think I would make it as a catch rider. So I put myself to work and him and I worked really hard going into the 2019 show season. And we got to a couple shows and we did quite well. And then I'm excited to say that my husband and I got an offer on our house and the rest of the summer we spent preparing to sell our home and move to a new place. So it was slightly this, heartbreaking for me. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah, I know we did move further away. <laughs> no, um, not only that, you like impacted my show season. Oh yes, I forgot. <laughs> I was supposed to go to a show with Nikki in September and it was like the hardest thing I had to do to say <laughs> I wasn't going to go, but it was like everything was so, so busy. Yeah. So my show season was done in June, basically in 2019. And that was pretty much the end of my consistent riding. Mm. So don't get me wrong. I'm happily living at home with my horses for the very first time in my life on my dream property. So it was a very positive change, but 2020 was going to be our year. Um, Nikki and I had so many plans and I had so many plans to get riding my horse on my own property. And I mean, how many other people have said 2020 was going to be my year, right? I rode, I literally was riding out in my driveway in the winter, um, just to start getting a head start on the spring, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I was just really looking forward to some world-class clinicians that we had coming in the spring. And Nikki, I bet you you can assume what's coming next, right? One of the biggest highlights of my year. Casey Deary in Quebec. Holy cow, you guys. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Casey Deary, which I'm sure you are, but um, he is a probably he's a multi-million dollar winner in reigning um, from the state. How do you feel about him? I mean, okay, but what if he's listening? He would never be listening. Don't (laughs) If anybody is listening that knows Casey, don't tell him, but I'm literally his biggest fan. I'm blushing. Nobody can even see me. And I'm <laughs> okay. So I was really happy about this. So Nikki and I got on a plane and we went to Quebec and it was everything we wanted it to be. We were just going to audit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We met up with some friends that, um, you know, from Newfoundland and from Nova Scotia and we watched and we learned so much and we, we asked questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always ask a lot of questions, but I asked only like, okay. We also were the girls that sat in the same spot each morning in the freezing cold. I I do have a story that goes with the freezing cold too, but in the freezing cold and we had our notebooks and we're like sitting there with our notepads and our pens and like taking notes through the whole clinic. And we looked like total nerds, but I don't even mind. I'm going to tell them how cold it is. First of all, I've experienced (laughs) in this arena before because uh, actually the horse that we sold you, Oki, it's that arena that she was being trained in when we sent her for reigning training years ago. Like, like, oh, right. Okay. Right. So this was when Sophie was, was at that barn. So I've been in that barn in the freezing cold before. And let me tell you, it is so cold. It's one of the coveralls in Quebec. Need I say more? So we go, 
and I'm going to tell this story because it's funny. When, <laughs> know what you're gonna say. when we were going around and uh, before we went to the clinic, I found magnetic lashes. I thought that was a great idea because I wanted to look good going to the Casey Deary. Wait, no, wait. Yeah. So, yeah. So sorry to interrupt, but I had put eyelashes on for the very first time because I was going to a Casey Deary clinic and I had to look my best. She looked lovely. <laughs> so I decided I would get magnetic lashes for the first time. And I think it was, no, it was day one. I'm pretty sure it was day one. And I'm sitting there and it's so cold. Just so you know, I'm pretty sure magnetic lash people did not test their lashes in this extreme cold. And about probably a half an hour into the clinic, I like rub my eye and my lashes slide up off and I'm sitting there. Now I have one set or one, one thing of lashes on and I had to rip them off and it was, it was not, it's not a good scene. So I looked terrible for the rest of the day, but uh, don't wear magnetic lashes in the freezing cold at a Casey Deary clinic. That's my advice there. Okay. I'm going to stop interrupting. Go for it. And and when she says freezing cold, I mean, we do Celsius here and it was minus 20, I'm guessing. Oh my God. It was so cold. It was, it was very cold, but and you're just sitting there too. We're doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so it was great. I felt like I really felt like I was learning to ride and train better just by listening to him. So we came home filled with motivation to get ready for the show season. A week after we got back is when COVID hit the Maritimes and everything changed. Franco Bertolani, who is also a rainer, and Alex Ross was coming here for a ranch riding clinic. They were both booked to come from the United States in April and May. And it was really disappointing for us to have those clinics canceled when the border was closed. I say us, but it was it was disappointing oh, for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. There was a period of time there where we weren't quite sure if maybe some of the events might happen. Um, but eventually it was pretty clear that there was going to be no show season. So by that point, our son was home with me. He's four. Well, he's he was three and a half then. So he was home with me full time from March until June. And I'm sure many of you can relate to how that was. I worked from home. I had barn chores, house chores, and a preschooler. And I honestly hardly thought about horse plans for a really long time. It was, it was sad, you know? So we can talk more about it later, but I'll admit that it's something I'm working on. I'm really competitive and I rely on competitions or events to motivate me. Or I, I always have, you know, when it comes to, you know, just human races or horse sports or anything like that, I just, I really like to have a competition or a goal to work towards to test my progress. And so without any of that, I was a little bit lost and riding and horsemanship in general just wasn't a priority for a while. And really like life was scary and I had so much on my plate and I'm glad I didn't pressure myself into making riding, riding a priority at that time. Nikki, do you want to go ahead and go through the first part of 2020 for you? I'm thinking that things were pretty similar for us the second part of the year. And I was just thinking also, I feel like you guys were business as usual for a bit. I remember going down to your house and you were just riding around like, no, no COVID here. <laughs> Maybe you're in denial or at least it seemed like you had more people in your house and your bubble. Hey. Oh my gosh. So, well, I'm going to go back just a second back to like, we went to Casey Deary and it was really interesting because we were like, I think denial might be a word because that was when, when we decided we were going to Quebec uh, that was the very first time we saw anybody with a mask on. And I remember having the conversation of like, do we need to, is it required to have a mask at the airport? And it really wasn't. There was like five people. And then we came home and okay. So like, I have a really good husband because <laughs> we went there and then we were, we had flights booked to go to Florida 
and we were planning on going to Florida on the Sunday. We had the flight booked and we canceled our plans that Saturday. So we were, we were supposed to go the next day. And our plan was that we were going to Florida. We were getting a tour of the new equestrian center in Ocala. Like that was all booked. We were so excited. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of things that we were really excited about that got shut down. So before we went to Casey Deering, before everything got shut down, I was so excited to go and be able to ride with one of these reigning professionals. Like the fact that Franco was coming and we were going to be riding with him was such great motivation to just get my butt in the burn and get on my horse and work through the challenges that I was having. I had a, had a new horse at the time and it wasn't challenges like, oh my gosh, my horse was behaving poorly. It was challenges like I wanted a horse like this, but he was different than any other horse that I've had in recent years. And I had to work through just changing my mindset about riding and learning a new a new discipline. So that was my motivation. And I created a challenge. It was a hundred day challenge and created the group on Facebook. And we had people motivated to, do, to track these hundred days and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So we kind of got shut down, got waylaid. We did a little bit, it did look maybe a little bit like business as usual because uh, where a lot of people were like alone in their homes because their bubbles were small, my sister and her boyfriend needed a place to live. So they moved into our basement and our friend uh, from Quebec stays with us in the winter. So she was here as well. So our house went from a family of three to six of us. And the other part of that is that all of our horses are at the same barn and my daughter no longer was going to her nans. We went to the barn and we just had a lot of fun. So we would go to a restaurant on Tuesday nights for supper. And instead of doing that, we would like write a menu on our board at home and we would have a selection of drinks and a selection of supper and we would do home supper nights. And I think we sat around our kitchen table for the first time to have supper as a group of us ever in the eight years that we, other than like Christmas, right? For the first time mm -hmm. in, in eight years of living in our house. So there were a lot of really positive things that happened during our time through COVID. But as the most positive part was like our daughter was actually in the barn having fun. We put up a rope and she like learned how to have fun in the barn versus us being so busy working in the barn that she actually was ended up going to her grandmother's or going to a sitter or not a sitter. It would really only be her grandmother because she's never gone to a sitter in her life. <laughs> but she would go to her grandmother's and we would work and we would go pick her up. Well, now she had to function with us and we were having, we had a lot of fun. We really did. Yeah. It looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> that yeah, rope looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, and that's when you started TikTok too. You were doing some dancing. <laughs> we were dancing in the barn. TikTok came at the perfect time. <laughs> really did. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's really it. That's my recap of 2020. And it was, it was interesting for us because we teach clinics as well. It was interesting to like watch the dynamic play out of like, when are we allowed to do things? And we like, guys, I don't know, not, not everyone got this shut down, but we got shut down to the point where the burns were shut down and only essential people to the, to the facilities were allowed in. So like if you boarded a, a horse at a burn and you weren't essential to that horse's care, then you either weren't allowed in or once things loosened up a little bit, 
you had to schedule your time to come into the barn. So it got quite strict for a while. We were just really lucky to have our whole house also be our barn family. So it was nice to be able to feel safe and not be isolated from each other, which I know is not how everyone experienced the shutdown. So I'm very grateful for that. Even when there were tense moments because there were six of us in a house that were used to (laughs) only having three. So, you know, there was always, there were times. Yeah. And I mean, so that brings us both to basically the, the end of the summer. Um, I felt like the summer was the most normal, except for it didn't have horse shows. Yeah. (laughs) So we, we both had a lot of fun in the summer and then it was like right at the end of the summer as school was starting that we came up with the idea to go into business together. And Mm. it feels like the last six months have flown because we've been, you've been really busy with your stuff. And then I've been busy with my stuff. And then also we're doing informed equestrian and getting this podcast off the ground. So I do think that it, that we should probably talk about the fact that anyone who reads the book, we are unbreakable it's a, a book that was written by Karen Dean and I was, I contributed a, a chapter in it and you're going to read a story about me in 2020 and my, the difficult part. So I really spoke about the good parts, but we recognized that this past year was very challenging on a lot of people's mental health, uh, mental, emotional, physical, spirit, everything. There were, there were times in there that were times of struggle. And I think it was a lot had to do with overwhelm and fear and just so much change all at once. But I, I, we're going to talk about support later on in the podcast. And I'll really talk about that as we, uh, as we dive deeper into that. But I think it's really important to, to recognize that these changes, these strict restrictions that we were under were really challenging for people, especially like people who struggle and they use their horses as a place to go and, and connect to themselves and connect with their horse. And they couldn't do that at times. And uh, for myself, I struggled with the fear, but also all of the hate and the, and the things that were going on in 2020 beyond COVID-19. There was just so much, and it was hard to watch the news. It was heavy on my heart. I went through some times and actually Nadine was one of the people that really helped through that. So it was an interesting, it was an interesting year. And I think one of the things that actually helped me the most was the fact that we could still do clinics. So the show shut down, but things opened up enough that we could still teach. And I think that was vital. Yeah. And the couple of clinics that I got to in the year were definitely highlights for me too. Mm-hmm. And I was also going to mention, oh, I think there are probably people listening that are are facing some of those restrictions now in Quebec and Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 100% sure kind of what's going on with you guys, but our hearts do go out to those of you that are really restricted right now and not even able to see your family, let alone your horses. So, you know, when we are talking lightly about we hope there are horse shows, we obviously respect and understand that there are a lot of important things and health and safety, of course, again, are are the most important. Absolutely. We'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Pache Motors, the largest Ram HD dealer in Atlantic Canada. They are family owned and operated and their highly trained staff know trucks, towing and hauling better than anyone. Pache's has a pretty close connection for both Nadine and I, and it's almost like they're part of our family, our horse family, because we both rely on them for getting our trucks, getting our vehicle serviced, 
Uh, and it's those vehicles that get us from point A to point B in our horse world. I was lucky enough to grow up around Pachis because my mom worked there and I grew up in their community. So uh, it's always been a name in my home and uh, I'm so grateful for their support. Yeah. And you know, not too long ago when Nikki and her husband came here from Amherst, they drove their three and a half hours um, from Amherst, they stopped at Pache's along the way mm -hmm. to get uh, her husband's truck serviced and they showed up here with a completely different truck. So that's the type of customer service that you get when you go there. Um, and they weren't even late. We weren't, <laughs> we weren't late. You know, no, it was fantastic. <laughs> showed up right on time. Yeah. So, so we, uh, we highly recommend you checking them out and, uh, if you are not in the Maritimes, then still check them out because, a friend of ours from Quebec bought her truck and ha still had fantastic service. So definitely worth reaching out to Pache Motors if you're in need of a truck or a car. Yeah, I have a Jeep Grand Cherokee and I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. Who knows? We talk about getting me a truck so that I can pull my own horse trailer one of these days. Mark has a dually. So he said, <laughs> I, I don't want to get into the whole girls can drive trucks because I really, I'm five feet tall and driving a dually is really difficult for me. <laughs> and he really loves his truck, but someday I might get my own truck and trade in the Jeep. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. We might have just ordered a new truck. Maybe Yay. Might might have done that. So <laughs> that's kind of exciting. We're looking forward to getting that this spring. We'll have to post some pictures when you guys get it in. Oh, yes, absolutely. We've now finished our conversation about 2020. We have, we now know we made it through 2020. So congratulations to everyone. We know it was challenging, uh, but we also know that there were some great lessons in there. And how about right now we just do a little bit of an audit on ourselves? What do you say? Oh my, can you fail this test? Cause I'm scared that I might. <laughs> no, you can't fail it. So <laughs> the point of this is to raise your awareness and shift your focus onto your intentions in 2021. For those of you who have subscribed to our email list, you would have gotten our copy of our five day equestrian audit. So why don't we just take this time right now to go through a few of the questions from that guide. And for anyone interested in seeing the full version, you can just go to our website, informedequestrian.com and download it. It's totally free. And it's actually a great way for you to go into 21 with really clear intentions, but just a great picture of what didn't work, what worked and what you want to bring through into 2021. Okay, Nadine, what did you do to become a better human and horse owner in 2020? Oh, my horses moved home right at the end of 2019. So I have spent, or I did spend 2020 enjoying every single minute of being the primary caretaker for my horses for the first time in my whole life. Yay. Um, so much. Yeah, I know it was, it was really a dream come true. I'm sure we'll get into a lot more of it another time, but basically I got to take care of my own horses for the whole year of 2020. And so much about 2020 was about making our property. We have 35 acres. Um, we made our property and our new barn into the most efficient and safest environment that we could for our horses. Um, it's been a lot of hard work. It's been a learning experience and super rewarding for both of my husband and I. And how have I become a better human? I don't, you're already I'm such sure. a great human. I can't say that I have become better in 2020, to be honest. I struggled a lot more with patience mm. and time management this year ever than I ever have before. I think juggling, you know, the horse chores and my son being home for a long time and 
all of that has been, it was difficult, but I do feel a lot of gratitude and appreciation for my husband and our family. That's for sure. I don't so think how you're, about alone. You? you're totally, yeah. alone. the, the, the patience in 2020, the patience for everything, just 2020 in general, it was hard to yeah. have patience for it all. Yeah. So anybody that's become a better human in 2020, like power to you. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'd like so to how about you, Nikki? <laughs> well, how did I become a better horse owner in 2020? I spent time with my horse. And actually, it's funny because when I think about it, I spent time with my horse in a selfish way. In this, I shifted my perspective with him because he was part of my healing and my working through some, some emotional issues that I felt like I was having through 2020. But when I think about it, that process of having him be there and, and working through things with him actually probably made me a better horse person now that I think about it, because what I decided to do was to spend more time with my horse, like I did when I was a kid. So instead of like all the pressure was off in 2020, Mm -hmm. we were supposed to be going to a Franco clinic. And I was like, I had knots in my stomach thinking about that as soon as we were like committed to it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. So I got to get to work. I got to, I got to be ready for this, not to show him what I can do and, and you know, how great my horse is, but simply just to be as prepared as possible and show up with like you know, that feeling of, of I'm ready to be here with this clinician at this level. Mm-hmm. So we had that. And then, you know, I was going into my first show season, like full show season with my horse. So I had a lot of pressure on myself and COVID took all that pressure off. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to take this time. And so I would get home and his nap time in the sun was 10 o'clock in the morning or 10 to 10 or 11. And okay. so I would, have my tea and I'd have my breakfast. And if he was laying down in the field, I would run like a child. Like, I'm not even joking. I would say to my daughter, okay, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go and see Ford for a minute. And she's like, okay, see you later again. (laughs) And I would just run out and I would sit with him and I would eat my breakfast in the field while he laid down and slept. And there was one day that he actually just like laid down on top of me and, and had a nap and like slept hard. And Spending time with him like that made me a better horse owner for sure. Like I've kissed this horse more than I've ever kissed any other horse in my life. Like I just appreciate him so much. I could never ride him again and still appreciate him. Oh, that's so great. How did I become a better, a better human? I agree on the patient side. I really was a terrible homeschool mom. (laughs) I was not very good at that, but I think I shifted my focus to a more healthy perspective of what it takes to really be in a good space mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I think that I went through a lot of stuff personally, I should say, that is not only going to make me a better human for myself and for my horses and the, and my immediate family, but it I think it transformed my coaching as well. So I'm I'm quite grateful for what happened. It was tough. But, uh, but yeah, I'd say that that's enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we talked about our human progress. Question number two, we talked about our human progress. Let's look at our horse progress. Nadine, how did your horse progress? Well, related to the, (laughs) related to the first question, 
Um, I've had more time to spend with my horses day to day and I didn't necessarily ride much. Um, when we moved here, we had no riding ring, which is fine. Um, my outdoor ring wasn't finished until the end of May. And then even then it didn't get used that much. Um, but I had opportunities to work on things that were more difficult to do when the horse was boarded and you're just there for an hour or two to ride. So I worked on things like separation anxiety, standing still, catching Oki in the pasture, which is always a big challenge for Mark, but <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's working on it. Um, so just regular things that sometimes you can let slide when you don't have more time. And also when we spent the six days with Jim Anderson in the fall, it was really good for Bo and I. We worked very hard on his lay down cue. And I think that we made some more progress in our stops. Uh, we both worked on that. So that was some of the progress that I made with Bo this year. How did your horse progress, Nikki? Well, it's interesting because I really didn't ride much. I should have. But my my focus shifted once everything. I'm very similar to you. Like uh, competition drives me. Big clinics mm -hmm. drive me. And when all those things got shut down, um, I, I switched my focus. But one fantastic thing is my horse progressed in just being a horse. So he kind of went from being in a show barn to being with us where he was turned out all of the time. And he was turned out with another horse with my, my husband's gelding, who's very, very playful. And I think he progressed most in his personality. And Is that when he got so bad? Was he that bad before? So bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's just so bad. No, he's, he's so fantastic. He's just, yeah. he's got a fantastic personality, but these boys, when you watch these two horses, they play 80% of their day. They just have the best time together. So I think that he started discovering what it was like to just be a horse and be out of the barn and make horse decisions, whether those were good or bad, because he also escapes all the time. So, and we'll talk about that another time, but he, I think he really just progressed in learning how to be a horse. And then again, the gym clinic, I mean, you can't go and ride with Jim for four days and not progress. Um, he just was so fantastic. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed riding him um, and, and just getting to know him a little bit better and appreciating him for like what he already knows. Awesome. Before we head into the next audit question, here's a word from the Canadian Quarter Horse Association. Join the Canadian Quarter Horse Association and share your passion for the American Quarter Horse breed. Become a part of our community and share your experiences and stories. It's our stories and the lines of familiarity we can draw between them that make us a community of Canadians who have a love for the Quarter Horse breed and an interest in its future. Join us today. Membership is free at cqha.ca. Third question, Nadine. What did you do to improve your connection with your horse? A lot of this is the same for me. I'm really glad we're doing this, actually. It hadn't really occurred to me that 2020 was the year of my horses living at home. It is such a big deal to me. And so now I see them every single morning throughout the day and night. I know when one of them is off. I hear if they cough. I know exactly what they eat and I can immediately work on any issues that come up. So mm -hmm. the connection that we have now is that I am the constant person in their life every day. And that makes me unbelievably happy. 
So how did you improve your connection? I love that so much. What a cool shift that is. Well, and just before you get into your connection, just to kind of give some context, I used to look forward to the times in the clinics where I would be the one feeding my horse in the morning and, and doing their stalls. And I would just be with them for 24 hours a day during these, you know, three day weekends. And it just, it always made me feel so much closer to them. So now I'm like, yeah, over the moon about it. Cool. Anyways, you go on. <laughs> That's awesome. Again, same as you. I feel like these are all connected and it's interesting because I don't know if we recognize they're all connected until we actually ask the questions and dive mm -hmm. a little deeper. But I believe that our connection was improved simply by taking the pressure off. And again, just being there every day and just appreciating them and feeding them without me sit, you know, sitting and putting all that pressure on the both of us. Like even when we rode, when I rode, there were a lot of days I didn't even put a saddle or bridle on. I just hopped on with a halter on and, uh, and just had fun with him. So I think that's how we kind of improved our connection. And I don't know if I really even knew that we had improved our connection until I let him loose the other day in the arena and he stayed with me and he had boy in the arena too. I mean, he left me numerous <laughs> times um, to go and burn some energy and he reconnected. And that kind of spoke to the fact that we've only been together for a year and a half or so. And I really have not ridden him lots and we still are connected in that way. So that was really nice. Oh, so great. Yeah. Okay. Number four. I love this one. Was your barn life healthy for you and your horse? I think I know your answer to this one actually, but <laughs> carry on. <laughs> I swear at some point I did read these questions, but yeah, I've already answered that at least twice. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. My barn life is healthy for my horses and myself. My husband may wish that I spent less time in the barn. I'm not sure. Um, there's certainly things that we miss about boarding. We were at our last place for five years prior to moving and it was a great place and great people. And we miss socializing. Um, not that anybody did a lot of that last year, but we also miss having an indoor arena. Yeah. We're a little bit of uh, what do they call it? Fair weather riders. <laughs> yeah. That's it though. Otherwise I wouldn't change a thing. You have a pretty, like quite a bit of a different barn life than I do. So was barn life healthy for you and your horse this year, Nikki? Yeah, I think so. I think the barn life was extremely healthy for my horse in the sense that he was living a, a less luxury lifestyle. I guess he doesn't like sharing his food, which he didn't know because he had never done it until now. I bet he wishes that he didn't have to do that. So he got a little grumpy in that way. But other than that, I feel like it was a really healthy barn life for him. For myself, I truly believe it was because it was nice to have my daughter at the barn and really enjoying our time. And now it's definitely transferred over and it feels like it's more of a family thing at the barn versus mm -hmm. us going and just having the barn as a place of work. So it's, um, yeah, I believe 2020 was actually quite healthy for us and our barn's really busy normally. So it got a little quieter and spent some quality time with people and our, and our horses and things are kind of as things open up it's it makes you appreciate the people being around more because they weren't for a while so now it's like a oh, little bit of fresh air now let's get back to uh, to having a busy burn and people in and out and shows and clinics and all those things so i think yeah there's yeah, you definitely have some company and some, you know, people you can bounce things off of and they can do the same to you. There is that, right? 
Yeah. Our, our house in our barn is very full of people all of the time. Like there's, there's weekends, we have 12 people who sleep at our house and there I would be even, like, I, can't even I know <laughs> a lot of people don't even, they, a lot of people say, I don't know how you live that way, but our daughter, no. like there was a long time that she was like, are we, who's sleeping over tonight? Like we always had sleepovers that it's like a weird thing. There's just always somebody was at the house, whether it was like my sister or my friends or whatever. And right now we haven't had anyone sleep over in our house since the spring. So it's there, there's little shifts that way. So it's mm-hmm. been really interesting. Yeah. The dynamics have changed a lot, but yeah, for sure. Makes you appreciate the people you have around. Absolutely. All right. Last one. Okay. I said the other one was my favorite. Maybe this one's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Did you feel supported in 2020, Nadine? That's a tough one. Everyone struggled to some degree in 2020. And I have honestly gone months and almost the year without seeing and having very little communication with a lot of my friends and even my family. And I think we all dealt with what we had to um, personally in our families and our bubbles. And mm-hmm. it's almost like time has been frozen. Hey, yeah. Um, I said that to a friend not long ago, like I feel or I hope that time has frozen and nothing has changed. And when we can finally hang out and go to more horse events again, that everything is just going to be the same between us. Um, I think it's going to be better, we, to be honest. Yeah, it might. We just might appreciate each other more and just be like, you know. It, it, it might just be like an embrace of all the people just being happy to be back together again, you know? Mm-hmm. And who knows if or when things will go back to normal, but I do help hope that we'll all have a support system again soon that we can actually be around people in person and not just over the phone or social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just not quite the same. That doesn't really answer the question, I guess. I feel very supported by my husband and I almost get emotional even thinking about that. And, and you, Nikki, Um, We've been working extremely hard on this informed equestrian and Canada horse podcast for a long time now. And you've been the person that has been the constant in my life every single day. So yeah, I have all the support I need. I, you know, daily. And I know that I have all the people I can call on if I need it. Wait, was that supposed to be a horse training support question? (laughs) Sort of technically, but I think you needed to get that out of your system. (laughs) Really deep there. Okay. That's all right. The public. Right. Okay. Horse, let's, let's go to your horse training support for a second. <laughs> Although that was fabulous. And okay. uh, and I love what you said. So it's beautiful. Okay. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Horse, horse training support. Not really. And I'm not, I'm in a, at a place in my horsemanship and riding where I'm a little bit selective and I'm not also riding consistently enough to have someone here regularly. And don't get me wrong. I'm literally still a green rainer, but I've just I've come to a place in my horsemanship where the horse's mindset and what they're doing and their confidence means a lot to me. So I just want to make sure that the people that I'm working with are on this, have the same values as me. And I just truly want to understand why we do things, um, something to affect a maneuver or a training exercise, why we ask a horse to do something. So it's really important to work with the, excuse me, the people that regularly explain those things and who really have a great understanding of how the horse thinks and how we can help them feel confident and not worried. You know, I don't want to work with people or, or train with people who just want to, I don't know, force the horse into doing the thing that they want to do. And so it's not that there aren't people around who could, couldn't support me or could support me. It's just that it's inconsistent Mm. and it's a bit of a, a downside to the horses being at home, we're just a bit 
a little bit more isolated now. And so I don't get out there very often, or I don't go to the trouble of getting people to come in. And so we'll see how it goes when I start riding more regularly. Again, my support will likely depend on how dedicated I actually am. Mm. It's funny how that works, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I rambled through that, but I hope that you got the idea. I, I could be supported if I really went looking for it and if I was more dedicated. So do you feel supported, Nikki? Uh, do you want me to go into depth about my personal life yeah. there as well? Because yeah, I did. I, so. <laughs> <laughs> we may as well go there. Why not? So yeah, I, I felt very supported in 2020 and, you know, I struggled a little while there and you spoke about your husband, my husband, he showed up for me better than I thought he ever could. And so he definitely made me feel supported during uh, 2020. And then I had just had some great friends that, you know, came and even, even when things were great, like, I feel like I was able to really have like people that I could call not every day. I speak to you every day. Um, and I have a couple other, other people in my life that I speak to on an almost daily basis, but there are people like one of my friends, Sarah, who I go off and on like, you know, years without speaking to, and we actually developed a better relationship in 2020. So mm-hmm. I feel like even though my business was growing and all of this stuff was going on, I do think I put a little bit more effort into just showing up for the people that showed up for me. And it was definitely an area that I concentrated on. I also set some boundaries in friendships this year as well, or last year as well. And I feel really proud about that because Mm -hmm. I'm trying not to repeat mistakes from the past in relationships and friendships. And did I feel supported in my horsing? Absolutely. I felt supported because there's so much knowledge to be honest, like when you think about it, and I think this is part of like, it kind of lends to the conversation you were just having about, you know, if I was a little more dedicated or like, if I actually dug into it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the key is that you can look for the support that you need and you shouldn't wait for other people to come to you to support you because, and I want to say this about like our horses, because there's so much knowledge that is at our fingertips. And I think 2020 has made that even better because now people are having to pivot and they're bringing their programs online that have never been on online before. There's people who are offering distance learning that we, it's an absolute privilege to get their knowledge. So I think if you look for the support versus just expect the support, it makes a big difference. Does that make Absolutely. Sense? Yeah, no, that totally does. And, you know, I was on a tangent and I don't know if it, if it made a lot of sense, but I think it's just been, I've been on a a journey, I guess, if you want to say, and I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That wraps up our 2020 audit. We hope that you guys listening have been thinking about your own answers as we went through ours. Um, Reflecting on the years really brought up some great memories actually, and a few things that we hope to improve on in the future. So why don't we spend a little time on our intentions that we've set for 2021? Um, first of all, Nikki, why are we using the word intention instead of goal here? And then what would you say that your intentions are for this year? Okay. I really love that question and I feel really passionate about it. So I'm going to not speak about it for a long time. I'm just going to like dive in and get out, get in, get out. Okay. okay. Give it to me. That's why I asked you the question. Cause I knew that you would want. <laughs> okay. So the reason I feel so strongly about this is because I do feel like, 
2020 has given us an opportunity to feel our way into. So when we talk about setting intentions versus goals, um, when you set intentions, it's very in the moment and it comes from a feeling. So it comes from how do you want, how do you intend to feel on a minute by minute, hour by hour, week by week basis versus goals. It's a little more um, future focused. So you can set your intentions and then work your way towards your goals, if that makes sense. But I feel like 2021, if there's ever a year for us to just intend to feel a certain way and work mm-hmm. our way every day to have that, to show up that way, to have that come into our lives, I think it'll also stop us from being really disappointed if shows aren't coming up, if we get into another shutdown. So it really stops us from from having those thoughts of like, oh my gosh, like, oh, we're not at the show season again. I set these goals and this is a second year that I haven't met them. How do you actually want to feel? I want to feel, so I guess I'll use two words that I have. I have two intentions for 2021 and they're kind of around my business and and my horsemanship, I should say, and my peopleship. So it's everything. Um, <laughs> so one is consistent. I need to feel that consistency on a daily basis, whether that's consistency in my riding, not necessary. Yes, too. Okay. Consistent riding, but also how I'm riding, what I'm asking, what is my cue? What's my softest cue? What's my pressure? Like everything. How am I doing things consistently to show up better in my life? What do you think? Almost deliberately too, hey? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then consistency in my business um, to just consistently be offering content that offers value to people so that I know that when I used, I used the word impact at one point in the last like three years, impact was really a word that I felt strongly about and that I wanted to create in my life. And I'm not going to create impact without consistency. So I feel like I needed to step back a little bit and focus Mm -hmm. on the consistency before the impact, if that makes sense there. And then the other one was visibility. And I needed to be more visible in my family. I needed to be more visible in my friendships that are supportive to my mental, emotional, and everything health and more visible to my clients as well. Those are my intentions. That's great. I love your intentions. And Thanks. that's why I wanted you to go first. I was like, okay, I'm going to hear what Nikki says, and then I'm going to figure out what mine are. <laughs> I, put a, I put a fair amount of thought into these things. I know. Uh, carry on. I mean, I was still wrapping my head around intentions versus goals. And so that's where I've been kind of like, I really like it. And I'm trying, I'm like getting on board with it. And I just need to like, I'm just so goal oriented and like competitive that it's just like, it's a real struggle to like, just be like, okay, it's just the feeling I want to have, you know? So, well, it's interesting because if you think about it, you could, you like, I know that if I show up more consistently for my horse, I'm going to show up better in the show pen. Right. So for sure, by, by setting the intentions, it, it all leads to the bigger goals. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's kind of like trying to see the trees rather than the forest. Yeah. So this reminds me, um, before I get into my intentions, um, those of you that might have heard the Stacey Westfall podcast, um, a few weeks ago, and it was all about 
do you value relationships more than your results? And it's that one really struck me and I sent it to Nikki and I listened to it three times and I actually did a, a recap on it on our Instagram and Facebook pages. It, it really, it resonated with me because it was like she was allowing me or all of us to feel that the, the goal of the show and the competition didn't have to be the biggest thing. It yeah. didn't have to be the biggest goal. If you picture the relationship with your horse in improvements in any way in that relationship as the bigger thing, and then the competition is just the fun thing that you get to do so that you're not bored doing the same old thing every day. It just made so much sense to me. And I really, really love that. So that's what I keep wanting to remind myself of. If I start getting wrapped up in that, are we going to have horse shows this year? Are we going to be able to go to clinics? So my intentions. Okay, just one second before you yes. get into your intentions. Just share Go with ahead. them again what was the podcast. So it's a Stacy Westfall podcast. And yeah. I should look up the episode. I'm going to put the episode number for the one that you're talking about right now in the show notes. That would be great. Okay. Yeah. All and right. It, again, it was about results versus relationships. So can you have both? Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. really good. All right. Your um, intentions. Okay, so my intentions are to be mindful and in the moment and not, I, I feel like I'm always doing at least two things all the time. Mm-hmm. I walk around with my earphones in my ears. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm constantly thinking while I'm doing everything else. So I'm trying to be more um, mindful and in the moment when I'm doing things. And literally, I feel like the only time that I'm truly that way is when I'm on my horse. When I'm working with a horse, I'm 100% there. So I really, really want to work on that when I'm walking the dogs and I'm not just on the phone or texting or, you know, doing Instagram stuff when I'm walking the dogs. I just want to be with them. Or And the same thing, of course, when I'm with my son or with my husband or, you know, just I just want to be in one place and all of me be there. So that is really my major intention. And then with the horses, I want to work on the little things I want to continue to work on the the herd bound issues. I want to work on the trailering issues so that I don't have to take two horses with me when I go somewhere and I can easily take one horse. And that's just those little things. Okay, so Nikki, let's just say that the restrictions are eased and we can get judges in and we can travel to and from provinces and all the shows are a go. What would be your horse plans for the next year? And also if things did stay exactly as they are, then what are your plans? Okay. So my plans, if things are a go and I'm ready to roll is that I am going to show my horse and I want to show him in Quebec. That's what I want to do. So those, those are my plans if things are a go. So I will do my best to like work our clinic schedule around my show season a little bit. So we're going to cut down a little bit on the clinics and make sure that we're enjoying our own horses as much as we're enjoying other people's horses. Mm -hmm. Um, If things stay the same, then things will probably stay the same for me right now. And I'll actually like, I'll still focus on my horse, but I think if things stay the same, I'm going to, I'm probably going to focus more on clients as well. So I think that's my plan. I haven't really put a lot of thought into it not like into things opening up and I haven't really, I just haven't put a lot of thought into it. I've been like going day by day, like this is how it is. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) So yeah. I mean, for a long time, uh, I've had 
almost book my year in advance um, because of the way that Mark's schedule is. A lot of times mm-hmm. we have to book his schedule like weeks of work a year in advance. And then I have to find the horse shows and book him around the horse shows. And I'm always like, Hey, can you tell me when this horse show might be in June or July or May and try to figure that out so that we can get there. So this year it's going to be, it's kind of interesting because I just don't have any plans at all. Yeah. And I like, I, I relate to that and I actually booked our whole season of clinics already. So like I have people asking and I'm turning people down for 2021, but I'm also really flexible in what happens. Like, yes, we have a a clinic schedule set, but what happens happens because it's for the safety of our whole community. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, we will, we will pivot in order to be able to help as many people as we can. Um, but I really feel like, I really feel like it's just going to, happen the way it happens and, and that we're just going to roll with it the same that we have, but, um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try not to plan too much. Uh, our, our schedule is set, but gosh, God knows. Yeah, exactly. All right. Tell me what's your plans, horse shows or no horse shows. I mean, okay. So I want to go to every horse show. I just want to go to all (laughs) of them. So I'm there. Well, I mean, we wanted to go, I was going to go to like one Quebec show with you last year. No, you're coming (laughs) to the mall. Yeah, I'm coming all, all of them. And I'm, I'm taking Mark and we're taking the horse trailer and we're all going to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we just want to go there. But, you know, in order to get there and to get ready, I basically have to be riding mm-hmm. by April. So I just, I have to kind of have my ducks in a row if I think I'm going to be ready after my horse is totally out of shape and everything I haven't been riding. So yeah, uh, shows don't happen, which is definitely a possibility. I am going to focus on trail riding. I'm going to mm-hmm. focus on riding alone and just because I've left it as an excuse that, oh, it's going to be a pain if I have to go out by myself and da 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 But I just want to really focus on that. And then that way I can just ride whenever I want. And then it's all good, you know? And I want to also get my horse more comfortable um, with his lay down cue and not have to put any pressure, little or no pressure on to get him to lay down and then to stay there comfortably um, and to not be worried about it because he was definitely worried about that in the fall. So Hmm. yeah but uh if there's horse shows i am there awesome and if my trailer is packed to go to quebec and then you are going to be on it (laughs) (laughs) yes all right so do you think it's time for you tell me yours i'll tell you mine absolutely i like this part i do too all right so the topic today for you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine is. So what is something that you do regularly to work on patience with your horse? Oh, you want to go first? That's a great one. Yeah, I really like this one. Can I say two things or should I stick to one? Mm, go ahead. I can go to, I can, yeah, I can, yeah, I can go to, I can do two. <laughs> okay, cool. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this is really the patience when you swing a leg over a horse. So that's one thing that I'm very aware of is when I get on, where are they mentally? So are they already beyond me? Are they thinking they need to move their body? Are they going somewhere? And so I work on their patience in the fact that they should be patiently waiting to know where and how to be. And so sometimes I'll swing a leg over if it's a horse that uh, tends to be a little more anxious or a horse that tends to want to move their body a lot. It 
of course it depends on the situation because if they're, if they need to move because they have energy in their feet, then I will move them deliberately and then ask them to wait and let them sit and relax and soak on that. Um, if I know that they don't have energy in their feet that they need to burn and I'm not being put in a situation that's sort of less safe than I should be, then I'll sit and just adjust them and say, okay, this is where we're staying. Um, even my even my quiet guy that really doesn't have a whole lot of energy to get up and go anywhere, we're gonna sit. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna get on and and go off. Um, and then number two is, oh, this is a tough one for a lot of us because we work on a clock when we're riding most often. So it's like, okay, I have an hour and I need to ride and I want to work on progressing this today and I have to go get groceries and I have to go get my kid and I have to do all these things. And so the thing that I'm trying to very deliberately do to create more patience, but also create more soak time for my horse is to split my ride and have it 50% work and 50% rest. And a lot of the times it's not 50-50, but it's getting better. I love that. I love the rest part. So that's mine. What's yours? Okay. So there are a lot of things, like you said, constantly really, but I did share a video to our stories a couple of weeks ago about something that I do that's a little bit unique that maybe most people don't have even the opportunity to need to do. Um, so our big barn doors are garage doors. So when I'm getting ready to take the horses out to the pasture, I have to have them stand in front of the doors a, a few feet back. And then I push the button. And it's important to me that they stand patiently until the door is completely open and out of the way. And then I walk forward. Um, so some days they're more excited to get outside than others. But it's a process that we do almost every day. And it's a, it's really important for safety that they don't accidentally run into the door and also desensitize them to the sound of the garage door opening and it moving over their head and stuff. So just generally, because I want them to know that they can't just walk over me to get outside as soon as that door opens up, uh, you know, to get out to their breakfast. That's what we do. I really so like the video too, because it's cool to watch them stand and have that door go over them. We have a garage door too that that we have horses go in and out and the doors mm -hmm. opening up and it can be a little bit of a stressor for some horses yeah. when they first get, you know, it's, it's loud and it's movement and it's above them. And so it was really great to see your horses stand and be so chill about that whole thing. And you can tell that it's definitely a part of your practice. I should teach Bo to push the button. I bet you he could. Oh my God, do it. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That's All right. So we do, um, sorry, we do also have a listener contribution and thank you guys for submitting your answers. Yeah. And I don't even know who knew this time that you were submitting for you. Tell me yours. I'll tell you mine. But yeah, one of our, listeners, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, one of our listeners gave a really good example of getting the horse to be patient when they're getting their halter on super important. You don't want your horse throwing their head up or turning away from you and you're trying to put their halter on it's, it's so nice to have a horse that stands patiently and even puts their head down into the halter when you're putting it on. So great example, you guys. All right, Nadine, it is about that time. What do you say we draw for our third prize for Canada Horse Podcast? Yes, let's do it. Today is a big jug of Camelina oil and you've been using this lately, Nikki, for the last several months. Hey, and you've noticed a big difference in your horses. Yeah, so it's actually the Smart Earth Camelina oil. They're a Canadian-based company. I ab like love, love, love dealing with the people from this company. They've been so kind and so easy to work with. And I have had, right now I think I have seven horses on it. And I started out just having my own 
my own horse on it and saw huge gains in him. And actually one of the mares that we have right now, who um, she was down a little weight because she's being ridden five days a week and she wastes a lot of hay. Also great. Now I have her hay in a hay net, but before she didn't. So she was wasting her hay and I wasn't overly happy with her weight. And we upped her feet a bit and put her on the Smart Earth Camelina. And we've seen a huge difference in her weight, but she also looks like it's the middle of summer right now and it's January. So I've been really, really happy with the results. Okay. So before, before you draw the name, Nikki, I believe you do have a discount code for anybody that's interested in purchasing the Smart Earth Camelina oil. Um, Maybe we can put that in our show notes. Would that be a good idea? Absolutely. I'll put the, it's, I believe it's a 10% discount. So if you can get a discount and you're already buying it, then this is a great way for you to be able to get the product you love, or if you want to try it out uh, at a discounted price. And yeah, we'll make sure that that code goes in the show notes. All right. Let's, uh, let's figure out who's the winner. All right. The, this prize goes to Mackenzie Gobel. Now, Mackenzie, I apologize if I, I'm going to message you, but I apologize if I mispronounce your last name. I grew up being a Wolliver, so I completely understand when people don't say it correctly, but, uh, I hopefully I got it at least in the ballpark. So congratulations, Mackenzie, and we'll be in touch with you soon. Yay, congratulations. And if your name is still in the in the draw for the fourth prize, we will catch you on the next next episode. Good luck, everybody. Okay. How are we feeling? I think that we covered like everything we, that we wanted to I, cover today. Yeah, I feel like we bared our soul, our, our horse okay. soul and everything else. So I hope we put everybody else in a bit of a reflective and moving forward kind of position with this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I just got um, my cue that we should wrap up because I just heard my daughter's first mom from upstairs. <laughs> so we want to say thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoyed episode three of the Canada Horse Podcast. And... What's on our next episode, Nadine? Tell us what's coming up. Ooh, we have a guest. We have a special guest. And he is going to be talking. We're going to be talking to a professional trainer. Make sure you keep listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today. If you know a fellow Canadian equestrian or equine business you think needs to be highlighted on the show, be sure to email podcast at informedequestrian.com so we can be in touch. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast and Informed Equestrian with your friends. And leaving a review is always appreciated. Your support means the world to us. Until next time. Right on, Canada. Canada.